This is the Sleeper Hold Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Sleeper Hole Podcast, where there's no disqualifications on the topics, and falls count anywhere. I'm your host, Priest, and again, we're having a prediction panel show to talk about the 2016 Royal Rumble. With me, I have two guests that are dear friends of mine. Starting off, we have the guy who taught me how to take a bump, as well as a few training techniques. He is the former tag team champion of 3CW, part of the Irish Revolution from back then. He is Seamus McNelson. Hey, everybody, and uh, nice to talk to you again, Priest. Definitely. And we also have, for the local people who have seen the recent shows, he is definitely going to be going places. He's an incredible person to watch and is great with the fans. He is the young thriller, Derek Moss. What's up, everybody? How you doing, Priest? So, gents, we've got the 2016 Royal Rumble coming up. And for me, Royal Rumble has a kind of a special spot because if I remember right, when I was a young little kid, you know, back when I actually had a head full of hair, we actually had the Royal Rumble be the first pay-per-view I ever watched. So it's got a little bit of a special feel for me. What is your guys' memories or fondness or non-fondness of the Royal Rumble? Starting with you, Derek. Well, you know, I think that the the original the original plan, the original intention of it uh was a a great idea, a fantastic idea. You know, back when there was only, you know, one title to a show. You you had 30 of of the best guys that were trying to claim a spot for that championship. Um, and over the years, you know, it, it's provided at least on the main level on WWE, it's provided, you know, some of the, the, the coolest, coolest spots. Um, you know, not everybody agrees with the rumble winners, but you know, it is what it is. I, I think it's just, it's, it's a cool concept on paper. Uh, it just doesn't always pan out to everybody's enjoyment or everybody's liking as much as it used to. I can agree with that to an extent. Uh, Seamus, what do you think? Uh, yeah, I, I'd have to say that the, the the Rumble, you know, when it first started out, you know, that was innovative. You know, get get all these guys in the ring and, you know, have them just duke it out, go over the top rope, which... You know, in some promotions, you know, you couldn't do that at the time. You know, it, if you did that, you automatic. If you threw somebody over the top rope, you lost the match and everything. But the idea to, to actually be able to do that and for everybody to see it, you know, that was great. But over the years, you know, for me, uh, working all these different companies, you know, being a a tag champ, you know, I've been in some big ones. You know, I've even been the guy that uh, the people were trying to win the match to go up against. 
you know, and those rumbles, it didn't bother me, you know, but for the most part, it's just become a, a filler match in a lot of, a lot of shows uh, around the world. Even, you know, I've gone to some live WWE events and, you know, I've worked security at them in the past and you, you can just see promoters going, Oh my God, we've got more time to fill. All right. You grab these guys. I'll grab these guys. Let's do a, you know, a battle Royal over the top rope match. So it's just, for me, it's just lost. It's, you know, the, the soul you know, yeah, exactly. You know, now there's been some, some in the early, you know, Years ago, like when they brought in Kofi Kingston in the WWE, you know, I'd be watching him and he'd get thrown over the top rope and land in a handstand or land on the safety barrier for the crowd, you know. And see, in moments like that, you kind of, for me, I kind of lost being, a, you know, one of the guys watching it, you know. I became that fan again, you know, kind of what brought me, wanted to, made me want to become a wrestler in the first place and seeing guys do innovative things like that. But, you know, it, it's had its little flares of moments that made me like it again. But then of course they get thrown out and then it's back to, you know, okay, whatever my happy that's moment. That's a good point. I mean, the WWE has kind of had the Royal Rumble slowly lose its luster. I think they're trying to fix that with this pay-per-view, but we'll get to that in a second. But you mentioned a great wrestler right there, which is Kofi Kingston. I think Kofi, as an individual, is a very talented wrestler, and he definitely shows it off in the Royal Rumble. Almost every Royal Rumble he's been in, he's found some way to at least once save himself from elimination, and he's brought that luster back to the Royal Rumble. And like you said, though, unfortunately, he gets eliminated, and then that luster starts to fade again. But it would be nice to see more people be creative like that. And that's actually who I wanted to talk about and give a little shout-out to, was Kofi Kingston really does bring creativity to a show that, in a match that's been so many years in development, and people kind of have lost their focus on. Oh yeah, you know, like like I said, you know, when they first started, you know, you had like Shawn Michaels. You know, I'm not saying he's the first one that did it, but you know, he's the one of the more famous ones in my mind that does this. He'd be in the match and he'd get thrown over and he'd you know do the skin the cat. And when that first started, you know, him maybe one other person, you know, showed they had the ability to to stop, you know, hold on to the top rope and keep from touching and pull themselves back up and over. But the next thing you know, everybody's doing it. And then, you know, it lost its flair. Where, like I said, with Kofi Kingston, you know, he'd jump on the safety rail or he'd land on his butt on the outside of his feet on the stairs. Yeah, you know, and, 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 and stuff. all the different stuff, you know. And he changed, he didn't do it the same way year after year after year, you know. And I haven't seen anybody else really do that. Now, I would say, you know, of the rosters now, I could see someone like Kalisto from Lucha Dragons do that, you know. Or Neville. You know, or exactly Neville. But they would do it in a way that it'd be more unique to them. You know, it'd be something similar, but it's not going to be the same thing, you know. So, I mean, 
there, there's some people out there that I think can do more innovative ways to save themselves in the Rumble, but I don't see it happening anymore. It's just I don't think it's one of the big the big four that it used to be. I just think yeah. it's another month now. What about no, you, Derek? I, I mean, I, I think that the the dynamic of the match has changed. Like the fans' view of the match has actually changed. To um, it, it doesn't really matter so much to the fans who wins anymore. That people with that creativity that you're talking about in Kofi Kingston, you know, I know personally, I waited for him to come out every rumble for, for the last, you know, the last few years, I waited for him to come out just to watch him almost get eliminated and and to see whatever, whatever feat he would come up with this year, because it's almost, that's what it's almost become. And WWE has realized that the fans care about Kofi almost getting eliminated. That's why they've highlighted him in his, in their video packages and whatnot. And, you know, it, it, it sucks coming from a performer wise, it sucks that you know you take a guy like uh, like Reigns winning it last year that got booed absolutely out of the building. Yeah, because nobody yeah. like nobody cares who wins anymore, and, and it's not it's not a especially with the elimination chamber between how it used to be. You know, it, it didn't make any sense that you'd have a Royal Rumble winner to the next pay per view when the Royal Rumble winner would usually be in a championship match the next show. So it, it, it kind of didn't make sense. So that's why they got rid of that idea, but it's more become a spot show to where it's like, all right, what cool things can we do in the rumble? You know, with, uh, your, uh, Kofi Kingston's, your acrobats and your surprise appearances. And that's about it. Exactly. I think that's what it's kind of come to. And it is a shame. I like I said, I think they're trying to fix that with this pay-per-view, but we'll get more to that. Let's first talk about the first match that they're planning on doing, which is the kickoff match. And on this kickoff match, it's a Fatal 4 tag. We have the winning duo will go towards a spot in the Royal Rumble match. It looks like we have Darren Young with Damian Sandow. We have the Dudley Boys, the Ascension. And then we have Mark Henry with Jack Swagger. Who are you guys going for on this one? Let's start with Sheamus. Well, you know, having been, you know, a tag team champion, I got to go for the brothers. I'm going for the Dudley Boys. I've been a Dudley Boys fan since all the way back to when Bubba stuttered and Devon had to smack him in the back of the head so the boy would talk right. You know, I was a tag team champion with my brother. So, you know, you, you got to stick with family. So it, for me, it's definitely, you know, they're trying to bring back the extreme, get out of this G-rated stuff that it's becoming. Even though they say it's PG, it's all G compared to what it used to be. So, yeah, Absolutely. for me, Dudley boys all the way. All right, and Derek, where do you stand? Well, first of all, like, what, what an insult to, like – <laughs> for this match to happen uh, specifically from like Darren Young's standpoint like with with the primetime players I, re- I I was listening to somebody a blog online I can't remember what it was but somebody was talking about how Titus O'Neil had got into this match automatically in the rumble but Darren Young now teams up with Damian Sandow for a spot that the primetime players should be tagging together Instead of 
thrown together tag teams like WWE has been famous for. Yeah. But I, I mean, <laughs> I, I, w- I would say the Dudley boys. However, given their recent streak of uh, uh, enhancing talent, so to speak, and their work that they've done since they've came back, uh, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put it past uh, Henry and Swagger to to move on, just to put two more bodies in the rumble. See, this is one where I'm not sure. I've been trying to analyze this. You know, you talk about the Dudley Boys; they do have great potential. I mean, look how talented and innovative they have been throughout their career. And I agree with you that Darren Young got the short of the stick here. I think that's really a shame for him because he is very talented. And I am a Damian Sandow fan. I do like Sandow. But at the same time, Mark Henry, Royal Rumble, that's just a beautiful thing right there. So I'm kind of on the fence, but if I have to make a prediction... I have a feeling that Stardust is going to help his lackeys, and you're actually going to see the Ascension move forward. So let's see. We got, after that match, I'm not sure actually how the order of the card goes, but let's do Kalisto and Alberto Del Rio. This has been an interesting feud that's been building up. Alberto Del Rio had the U.S. title. Cena called out for Kalisto to try to go against the open challenge from Alberto. Those two went back and forth. Kalisto got the belt. Then he lost the belt. And now he has a chance to reclaim it yet again. Where do you guys stand on this one? You know, And with this being for the U.S. title and for Kalisto, who's somebody who's very agile. Derek, I want you to go first because I've seen some of the stuff you can do. What? Oh, man. Two matches in a row that that are kind of... I mean, it's going to be good. You know, Del Rio and Kalisto have worked in, in the past. And from a technical standpoint, I'm sure it's going to be a, uh, a a technically sound match. But with with winning the belt on Raw, with Kalisto, with the high that he went through, uh, to drop the belt, what, three days later on SmackDown. Yeah. Uh, it just doesn't seem like they'll change the belt three times within two weeks. Um, so I'm sure that the League of Nations will end up uh, playing a big part, and I don't see a way that I'll, that Del Rio drops the belt again. So I'm going with Del Rio in that. What about you, Seamus? Well, I, I got to agree with Derek there. I don't think they're going to do a title change so fast. Do I want Kalisto to win it? Yes. You know, I, I think, you know, with the way that the the world of wrestling has progressed, you know, he the way the, a lot of the fans perceive the matches, you know, the way he wrestles, the way Derek wrestles, you know, they're, they're able to do more of that high-flying, innovative stuff, you know, which is fine. Del Rio can do some of it. But he's more of a ground guy, you know. He, to me, I, I say the fan wants Kalisto to win, but the the businessman, the 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 actual wrestler, I say for this one, Del Rio is going to keep it, and you know, it, it's a shame. 
See, I'm kind of right there with you guys to an extent. I do feel the League of Nations is going to get involved. I do feel it's very unlikely for the title to change hands again. But seeing how much pop Kaliko, not Kaliko, but Kalisto got for getting the title. And honestly, in my opinion, I feel he's well overdue to hold a title for a certain amount of time. I figured they're going to wait for the tag team title, but then Sankara got hurt. And then we had Cena get hurt, and they let Kalisto have the U.S. title for a little bit. I, I'm i still going to have to stick with Kalisto. I mean, I know I'm going to be the underdog here, but I want this guy to win. He's got great potential. Something's going to happen in my gut that says he's going to go ahead and still make it through. It's going to be a shocker. It may even steal the show. But I have a feeling that Kalisto's going to go there. So let's go to one that I know a lot of people are looking forward to. We have the Divas title. Charlotte with her dad, Ric Flair, accompanying her, going up against the challenger, Becky Lynch. Seamus, where are you going on this one? This one has really got me pulled in a lot of different ways. One, you know, the Irish, you know, the last kicker, Becky Lynch. I love her to death, you know. Represent Ireland just the way the Irish Revolution did proudly for so many years. But at the same time, I grew up a Flair fan. I was the kid, you know, when I graduated from high school, I about fell down the stairs because I threw up the four horsemen sign and about tripped over my my, ga- my graduation gown, <laughs> you know, and, and in front of everybody, you know. And I've all, Rick Flair to me was awesome seeing Charlotte, you know. You can see she's got the same work ethic, you know, to an extent that her father had, you know. Do I think Ric Flair needs to be out there? No. Uh, I'm torn. I'm split both ways. To me, I say I'm going to win either way, whether it's a Flair that wins it or uh, Becky Lynch representing Ireland. I'm going to draw this way. I say the crowd's going to be – lucky to have a, a Divas champion, whether it's new or the same. I think it, it could go either way. I'm I, I, I can't say for sure. I, I just say everybody's going to be a winner in this match. So wait, you're saying the Irishman's going French and staying neutral. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Derek, what do you say? So Priest, I'm going to start off with a question here. Uh, maybe you can potentially answer this one all right so is the idea that charlotte is a full-blown heel or only when her dad is at ringside with her i feel that with the help of her father they've helped her transition to being a full-blown heel because flair was the heel that you loved he played the dirty tactics, he everything else, he worked the fans, and I feel like Charlotte's now taking that role. Granted, she originally said she'd never be like her dad and she'd pick her own way and pave her own path. But I feel like she is now the Ric Flair of this generation. So I feel like Charlotte definitely is the full blown heel for the Divas right now. Okay. Cause like the I, I, I watch and, you know, it, it kind of seems like ever since they brought Charlotte up, it's been kind of a, 
Well, she's she they they book her as a sympathetic face, and she's not that. She just doesn't. She's she's too big. She's too dominant to to be that sympathetic uh, sympathetic baby face. And uh, once they let her uh, be her own, be what she was in NXT there for a, a month or two, uh, we started to see the true the true side that the NXT fans only saw. Um, but now it kind of seems like I, I'm, I'm lost as to where the, where the direction is to go with Charlotte. Um, but I think the, that Becky, I think that Becky does pull this one out um, just because, you know, it, it'll be good that everybody has dogged Becky and everybody said, oh, Becky's never going to win the big one. Um, I, I think Becky pulls it out. You know, I have to go with you a little bit there because Charlotte, going back to what you said about her, I agree to an extent is that once we started seeing more of the NXT Charlotte, it was really cool. But as we all know with the WWE, once the fans start to see something like, once the fans start to see the actual creative control that the wrestlers should have some touch of, they change up the storyline. They change up the gimmick. They they change something to where we get disappointed again. And it's not always that case, but it seems to be a trend. So, yeah, I can agree with you right there with the Charlotte issue. And as for my prediction, I love Becky Lynch. You know, first off, I have a thing for redheads. They're awesome. No, not not you, Seamus. Just make sure we clear that up, mister. <laughs> but the redhead girls, they're awesome. They're wild. They're firecrackers. And she's got the steampunk look going on, which is awesome. But outside of appearances, Becky is so talented. And she gets overlooked so easily. She's almost, for lack of a better phrase, the Daniel Bryan of the Divas. He got overlooked for so long. I mean, he yeah, he's there. They did some storylines with him and everything else. But overall, the company just was like, eh, he's there. He he pay, helps us get the money. We pay him a little bit. And I feel like that's where Becky's been for a while. And she's had so much experience. I remember doing my podcast episode about her. She's done a lot to pay her dues already. So she deserves a belt. And I'm definitely standing beside her on this one and rooting her on all the way through. Now, great, I think Daddy Flair is going to get involved, but I think Becky has a plan B to keep him distracted. We'll see what happens. Ultimately, though, and see if you guys agree with this, I have a feeling that we're going to see Paige get involved somehow just to keep Daddy Flair at bay and make this a fair match. Not saying that Paige is going face again, but I think she's fed up with Charlotte just as much. Right. I agree. Yeah. So let's go to another one. We've got the tag team title. We have the Usos, Jimmy and Jay, going against the New Day. Now, I don't know which ones is going to be in the New Day. More likely it's going to be Biggie and Kofi. That's how it usually is. And Xavier Woods with his mouth and the trombone. But where do you guys feel with this? Let's start with Derek. Well, as much as um, 
I don't know. I, I, I've become a big New Day New Day fan, and it, it, it's overtime. You know, I, I like that. You know the the shift from being booked as a straight heel to being more of a comedic heel has been uh, a huge game changer for them and to let them really use their over-the-top personalities and and a lot of people love them Um, some people hate them for it and that's their job their heels you know they're they're bound to do that Uh, they've dominated the tag team division for quite a while now and rightfully so and I I don't I don't see uh, with one with one tag title match in the last few months because one of the Usos got hurt. I believe it was... Uh, nah, I don't even remember which one it was. But one of the Jay. Usos. Jay, yeah. One of the Usos was sidelined for a while. Uh, I just I don't see a, um, a one-time tag team match taking the titles off of the New Day right now. So I have the New Day retaining. All right. And Seamus? Well... I am one of those people that I loved what Chris Jericho did to the trombone. And <laughs> I think he could have, you know, continued to do more things to it that, you know, it would have had to have happened during a commercial break uh, on TV. But, um, you know, I've worked a lot of shows to me. I, I, I say it's the Usos. Yeah, I know Jay was out for a while with an injury, but you know, they whether they were in the WWE or working for a company, they've been tag teaming people their whole life. You know, uh, they they've got that mentality. You know, coming from uh, one of the greatest wrestling families uh, in the business. Uh, also, you know, like I said before, sympathetic thing. I got to thank for family. You know. Having become a champion with my brother so many times, you know, throughout the years, you know, we've had our ups and downs and you work through it. But, you know, when one's out because of injury, you know, the other one does what they have to do. So, like I said, I stick for family. And, yeah, I I do kind of like some of the comedic twists that the New Day's taken throughout the year and everything. You know, I'm glad that they've changed it up. But for me personally, I say Usos all the way on this one. And to me, yes, New Day might be, you know, a, a long-reigning uh, tag champion. But to me, I think they were all better off on their own instead of doing this unicorn thing. I I, I still haven't figured out the meaning of the, the unicorn. <laughs> all right. <clears throat> so let's put it this way. I've got multiple thoughts on this first off the new day got three very talented individuals on their own they're not bad as a team either and they do a good job as a heels i have a hard time with the comedic heel role because the booty jokes drive me nuts the trombone drives me nuts and xavier woods i swear is trying to become the next jimmy hart just saying overall though the new day is good they're really good. I can't deny that. The unicorn thing, it kind of irks me only because I know what unicorn stands for in other groups of people. And so <laughs> I hear that and I can't unthink it. And I'm just like, oh, no, 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 no. 
the other team though we have the samoans okay we all know how powerful the samoan bloodline is when it comes to the wrestling world so with that being said you got jimmy and jay multiple tag team championships great samoan heritage and bloodline this match could go anywhere would i love to see jimmy and jay take the belts yeah they're entertaining to me i love their little war chant at the beginning but just like the Freebirds in the past i have a feeling that the new day is going to pull a rabbit out of their hat and they're going to keep the title All right, this is one that I have to definitely make sure we bring up. The Lunatic Fringe, Dean Ambrose, defending his title against the prize fighter, Kevin Owens. And I have to bring this up only because I was asking my nephew yesterday who he likes because he's getting into wrestling, and he picked Kevin Owens, and it was just kind of funny, him and I going back and forth about why he picked Kevin and everything else. This kid's got great potential of having an eye for wrestling and I wouldn't be surprised if he takes over my show one day but we got you guys as guests this time so let's start with Seamus you've got Kevin Owens and you have Dean Ambrose where are you going with this okay on this one for me Kevin Owens you know he's late to me you know I'm not saying anything bad about anybody that's worked other independent you know it's worked independent so hard and you know hey kudos to him you know he reached the dream you know he's one of the two percent of all of you know the guys that want to do it you know but he still looks independent he he doesn't you know me he doesn't look like the pro and having been a trainer having been trained by some of the greats you know i started out and i went to the power plant Back in 97, I worked with, you know, um, Terry Taylor and Tommy the Sarge. You know, I got beat up. And going off of what I was taught by those, you know, those guys, to me, Kevin Owens is a lazy worker. He does the same five to seven moves a match, you know. I can I can tell you what his match is going to be move for move. Lunatic Fringe, Dean Ambrose. He's the Brian Pillman of the New Day. He's bringing back to, in my I hear that analogy. That's great. You know, if you think about Brian Pillman back in the day when, you know, he got, you know, had his leg broke and he's sitting at home and, you know, next thing you know, he pulls out a gun, the light goes out, gunshot. You know, that was really, you know, like crazy. In the time you never thought you'd see that on wrestling. No. Now you've got Dean Ambrose. He dresses like Brian Pillman did when he was in the Heart Foundation. You know, the hair all crazy, strung out, and everything. That just has no remorse for what he does to himself in a better way than you know, not putting down Mick Foley, but you know, he does it safe more safely than Mick Foley did, but he has no remorse. And he goes out there. I am a huge Dean Ambrose fan. For me, I say Dean Ambrose is going to win this match because I was a huge Brian Pillman fan back in the day, all the way back to the Hollywood Blonde. Okay. I say 
it's going to be Dean Ambrose is going to walk away with this this match. All right, Derek Moss, let's see what you have to say on this one. This is a very um, interesting point for this match, uh, for the end of their rivalry, so to speak, uh, to take place at the Rumble. Uh, Being that we are on the road to WrestleMania, and rumors have flown around about big matches for 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 Kevin Owens, and, and rightfully so. But it, it's it's hard to really okay. If you look back, normally, as um, as wrestling goes, you know you don't you don't see a a clean sweep in uh, in terms of pay per view wins, you know, back to back to back in a rivalry. Um, especially on WWE, uh, you know there have been exceptions to the rule, obviously. Of course. Um, but you know, Dean Dean had a convincing win at, at both. You know, uh, he 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 had the roll up at was it Survivor Series, I believe. Is that the last? So. Yeah, and then at TLC, you know, he 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 picked up another strong win. It, it's it's it goes against. Um, with being the babyface and all this, it kind of goes against the normal mold mold of things. Uh, but Dean's kind of one of those that can go back and forth. Uh, not that he's been a heel, because turning him heel at this point would kind of um, it would throw a big wrench in everything. Because you know Dean has gotten over with the fans and the fact that they are letting him be the. Uh, uh, as as the mark term here, the uh, being the John Moxley that all of us saw on uh, the independent circuit, and you know, getting to work these, uh, getting to to let his true character show. Um, so it's it's kind of tough to actually decide who is going to win this because, you know, uh, for the fans, really, obviously, the fans want to see Dean win. Um, and I think I think that Dean Ambrose will win, um, but here we are on the road to WrestleMania, so I don't think that the finish will uh, make either of them look weak. And I believe that this match will steal the show absolutely, <laughs> if given the correct time slot for a last man standing match, uh, and not crunching for time like WWE seems to do every time they put a, a two out of three falls match on a pay per view or a big stipulation match that is not for the main championship. Yeah, I can agree with you there. My thing is, I'm looking at this, and again, I'm going to analyze each guy first. I love the Brian Pillman analogy. I never would have thought of that, but that's a great one. Dean Ambrose is a lunatic fringe. He's unpredictable. Even I can't really tell you if he's a technical wrestler, a striker, whatever, because he's a little bit of everything. He's a jack-of-all-trades, but an expert in none. And he knows how to keep you guessing. Personality-wise, I love how he is in his promos. I love how he is in all his stuff, because he plays the role. He plays the fans, and you look forward to seeing what comes out of his mouth. Whereas back when he was with The Shield... He really didn't have the chance to really express himself like this. I mean, he still did, but not as beautifully as he does now. What he has now has really elevated him. Kevin Owens. I think Seamus said it best. He's made himself 
a great career in the independent circuit. He doesn't quite look the role of being in the big professional world. And Kevin Owens gets on my nerves because almost every regular match we see, he powders out. He leaves. He evacuates. But when it comes to these big matches, Kevin Owens is a great technical wrestler. And I originally hated the fact that I had to give him the credit where it's due because of the fact that he does powder out all the time. But I watch his matches, and he does a lot of great technical wrestling. You know, it, it makes me feel like I'm seeing a newer version of my idol, Bret Hart, except for there's no sharpshooter. So I, I got a lot of credit for Kevin Owens. And I think this is, like Derek said, it's going to possibly steal the show. But when all comes down to it, I got to root for the Lunatic Fringe. I'm going to be a fan here because I love the unpredictability and I love the promos and the goofiness of Dean Ambrose. I just wish they'd let him be more goofy and unique like he was when he stole the WWE title from Seth Rollins and was cruising around New Orleans taking pictures and posting them. That's the Dean Ambrose we need to see while he has the belt because that's going to entertain the fans 10 times more and really get more traffic and more attention towards the WWE. But ultimately, I'm going Dean Ambrose. All right. We only got one match left. We know what it all is. It's the match that names the pay-per-view, the Royal Rumble. But before we talk about who we want to win, let's just lay down some of the simple facts. This is a one-against-all situation, as it always is, but this time even more so because Roman Reigns has his title on the line against 29 other individuals. Whoever wins this wins the belt, and that's a big thing. Now, there's only been one other pay-per-view, I think, where the title's been up for grabs, but that was when it was vacated, not when it was actually being properly defended. Royal Rumble has kind of became also a pay-per-view where we see surprise appearances. And Greg, we've seen that Chris Jericho is going to be in this and a few other names. But usually it's somebody who comes out of retirement and surprises the fans and gets them all hyped up and somebody that you never expect. So who do you guys think is going to be our surprise appearance this year? Derek, you go first. Oh, well, surprise appearance. Um, well, obviously, uh, I'm, I'm sure as everyone uses the Internet and uh, a lot of people, myself included, are uh, Wait, what's anxiously, the internet? Uh It's, it's <laughs> this thing that got created a while back that people can share all their personal lives on. But uh, it does provide a lot of rumors and, and a lot of hearsay and gets people talking, gets people excited, gets people pissed off. You know, it, it, it helps and hurts and has its owns. But a lot of people are looking forward to the potential possibility of an AJ Styles appearance in the Rumble, um, myself included. Um, but if I had to go practical... And if I would have to go with an appearance that I think would be most likely to happen, um, you know, in, in the in the past couple of years, we've seen DDP, 
you know, we've we've seen like I think it was a couple years ago we saw most of the legends that came back for that thousandth raw. Yeah, um, that I was at down in St. Louis, you know, Vader and all that. I don't think that anybody and uh, Psycho Sid, you know, uh, a lot of people that people never thought that they would see again wrestling on on that big of a stage. You know, they wrestle independence and whatnot. Oh man, it's it's tough. It's tough to to really decide. Because nobody like nobody that I believe that's injured right now, big big name wise, like Seth or Cena, are going to return. Um, I think they would be sloppy with letting Seth return now because I'm sure he's nowhere near the healing process. No, I doubt it. Um, but I think if it came down to it, you know, and, and it was it, if somehow Reigns made it through the other 28 guys, and we saw a, a Seth Rollins sighting. You know, it, it would be cool, but I, I guess I would just have to go with AJ because, you know, he, he deserves it. Um, he's been tearing up the independent scene all the way through Japan, through Ring of Honor, um, through the States. And, and you know, he, he got his name when TNA was young. And he, he, he along with Samoa Joe, who's in NXT now, uh, Austin Aries, who, spoiler alert, which had been posted on Facebook, so I'm sure that everyone's seen it by now, but just signed a deal with NXT. Um, you know, a, a lot of those guys that, that didn't get the proper recognition being on TNA and being that TNA wasn't a wasn't on one of the, you know, wasn't in one of the bigger time slots. You know, they got their Spike TV deal, but really having a chance to, to let their names be shown in the lights. You know, Samoa Joe's getting to do that now. And I think that that AJ will, while people in the WWE don't know him because they didn't remember when he debuted way back when, will start to grasp once they see more of him. And I think they'll appreciate all the work that he does. I can see that. Seamus, what about you? Okay. For me, you know, if AJ were to show up, that'd be awesome um now you know like Derek said I agree you know it's a lot of times where you see a lot of guys come out of retirement I don't think that I mean there may be one or two that you might see possible but to me I'm thinking um this year it's going to be somebody that has been hurt and been gone for a while I think is going to come back um me personally, like the last time we saw Sting, he was in that match against Seth Rollins and he did get hurt. Now, I think if, you know, they start playing, you know, the sound of the crows and show his face or whatever on their Titan Tron and Sting were to show up, you know, you're going to get a big pop. Just like the fans are going to go nuts, you know, but I think there's one other person, you know, that could show up that I think that place is just going to completely go crazy more than anything. And I think that could be uh, the return of the yes movement. Uh, oh, that'd be awesome. Brian, you know, has been cleared by at least three doctors saying he can return and, and come back. And it's, it's all just the WWE. And I think if, you know, they keep saying, you know, 
he's not passing concussion protocols that you know they keep throwing out all this legal mumbo jumbo you know facebook threw out there you know oh they're gonna fire daniel bryan you know this and that and then all of a sudden you know he's been passed by another doctor that he can compete and they keep saying wwe says no i think they're trying to bring like you said they're trying to bring back the original luster of this pay-per-view with the royal rumble match i think if they were to bring back daniel bryan tonight i think that right there would make the show i mean like you said before the dean ambrose match would steal the show if done right I say it would steal the show up until the point where I'd say Daniel Bryan would come back. So for me, my surprise entrant, I say, is going to be the return of the yes movement. I say Daniel Bryan is they're going to shock the world and bring Daniel Bryan back. You know, these are all good guesses and predictions. I, I actually didn't even think about Daniel Bryan or, or Sting or I knew a little bit about AJ Styles. So I'm not going to knock those. I mean, those are your guys' calls, and those would all three be awesome. But I noticed that the Royal Rumble always brings back some type of WCW champion. So, starting off with, it could be Sting. Um, also, another one that would be a big pop is to see the game return in combat. I don't see that happening yet. I, I think that he honestly does want to stay out of the ring as much as he can. Even though I feel like him doing his glory moments like WrestleMania is kind of annoying to me. But hey, whatever. I'm going to say for giggles. Because the whole history with the WCW, if it's not Sting, you're going to see either Booker T get in there for a little bit. Or would be even more awesome for me personally is don't just bring in Booker T. But let's bring in some Stevie Ray. I I liked Stevie Ray. So that's one that I would love to see too, personally. Harlem Heat back in the Rumble. That has right? A, uh, That'd be awesome. You know, maybe then we might be able to get our Harlem Heat versus Dudley Boys dream match at WrestleMania. That would be epic. I never, one, one I, never dream. I never thought right, so about, we all I never thought about ahead, the Stevie Ray. See? You chat brought up something that nobody thought about. Exactly. And I like the WrestleMania thing. We all need to just spam WWE about that. Harlem Heat versus the Dudleys. That'd be great. Oh, <laughs> definitely. All right. One versus all. Who's going to take the win at the end of the Royal Rumble? I, I want you guys to go ahead and say not only who you predict the final two are, but who's taking it home. Uh, Seamus, go for it. Um, For me... Uh, I, having been in the same position as Roman Reigns in this, you know, starting out as number one in one of these things, I know how uh, tiring it is and strenuous. You know, um, I I I say that with the, the work ethic, uh, you know, he's from when the Shield started and up until. This last, I'm going to just say this last eight, nine months, you know, I've seen uh, up until then, I'd really seen a lot of good transition in Roman Reigns. You know, mic skills are getting better, you know, but not everybody's great on a microphone, you know, 
um, skill wise, he's great. I think, you know, I see him having the potential to definitely be one of the last two, uh, in the ring. Um, for me, I'd have to say for the other one, I would love to see it be, if it were like Daniel Bryan that came back, I would love to see it be, you know, Daniel Bryan and Roman Reigns together. Um, I really can't say who I think the second person would be, but um, as long as it's not anybody from the League of Nations, you know, I can't stand Seamus, you know, that's for personal reasons. Uh, but uh, to me, I think with the the year that Roman Reigns has had, I think he has the potential to be the next person in line to, to come out number one and finish and actually win the Rumble. So I, I think it's going to come down to just Roman Reigns versus anybody, um, but Roman Reigns for sure taking it at the end. All right. Derek, what do you think? Uh, wait, I'm going to go against the mold here. I'm going to go against the – against the. Uh, you know, peop, uh, there, there are some people uh, – I, I have – I've taken a an appreciation to the work that Roman Reigns has put in um, since being told he was basically being given the key to the city. Um, so he, uh, I believe that that he's done a lot of good work, and I, I appreciate the work that he's done. But I don't think that that would be the right choice per se. Uh, to have him go all the way from number one and win, win the whole thing, um, you know, too many variables are bound to happen. But I, I do believe that that he will make a strong push to the end, and I believe that he'll be in the final four, the final three, even the final two. But I don't think that uh, they're ready to push that uh, Super Cena type label onto him yet and make him the unstoppable force um, this early I, I, I think that what that what it'll come down to will it will be it'll be Roman and I'm gonna go a little bit out and uh, pull a guy in from from kind of left field and uh, I'm gonna say Bray Wyatt um I'm I'm going to say Bray Wyatt's in the final two with him and I'm going to go out on a limb and say that that Bray Wyatt will win the belt. I don't think that it, the the WWE has really uh done much with Wyatt since the uh Taker Kane Brothers of Destruction uh, bit rather than to just keep him with with his family and with Strowman and uh harper and and rowan now but i i think that you know it it sets up a lot of good possibilities for for going through wrestlemania season and the fact that they're pushing bray as you know the new face of fear you know i think he's bound to win one at some point and i wouldn't put it past him uh you know tomorrow night to 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 do just that 
Well, you go left field, you go left field. Yes. <clears throat> you know, one thing before I get my prediction I just thought about that would be another great surprise entrant is a NXT superstar that I'm a big fan of, and that'd be Finn Balor. But going with my final two, I'm only saying this one because I saw how well it went over at last WrestleMania. It's going to be Brock versus Roman. And as much as I like Roman, I have a feeling that Brock will take it because it'll just seem too unrealistic if Roman succeeds. And then we'll have our rematch WrestleMania between those two for the title. And this time with no interruptions because that actually went over huge last WrestleMania. And I feel like if they would have actually let it finish without any interruption from Seth Rollins, that probably would have been the biggest match for several years that people would constantly talk about. I mean, they were starting to talk about that more than the destruction of the streak. And now it's kind of one of those things like, oh yeah, that was a great match, but then Seth Rollins. So I have a feeling that that could be where this one goes. If it wasn't Brock, oh, um, honestly, I'm not sure. I just, just, I feel like that's where they're going to go storyline-wise. I'm thinking of it as a person who writes storylines back when I ran UVW. That's the best way to get the fans pop. Um, if neither of them were to be the winner, I think it would have to go to someone who would be worthy of it, but also not be too predictable. So definitely not a League of Nations member. It'd be kind of funny to see it be one of the social outcasts, to be honest with you, because that would be a (laughs) huge twist. I think, I think everyone's tired of watching Reigns and Sheamus work. Um, You know, from from a fan standpoint, you know, not that their work was bad. You know, it, it's brutal. It's hard hitting. Uh, it reminds me a lot of uh, Regal, Regal, ba- Regal, and Sh- and uh, Finley's battles back in the day, where they were just stiff. Those were classic, and they were brutal. And, and the fans really felt every punch and, and every knee and every hit that they took. Um, I, so I, I can't see them putting Sheamus in another spot that is going to make him um, any more, you know, they they have enough heat, they have enough dry heat now to where it's kind of like they're not really hating Sheamus because he's a bad guy anymore. They're hating Sheamus because they keep seeing Reigns and Sheamus go at it. Um, I heard Triple H might win the belt and it might be Triple H and Reigns, but you know, as much as I would like to see that, because I think it would be it would be good. I, I just I can't see I can't see them doing that, pulling the trigger on that yet. But see, they've had that type of talk for a while, even back when it was Rollins having the belt. Right. That Triple H was going to backstab Rollins, take the belt, and then we had the reformation of the Shield. I just have a hard time believing that. Yeah, uh, a lot of people have been, you know, there's a lot of talk about the Triple H thing. You know, it seems like every time they they get a new champion, you know, I think it's the fans out there, especially if you see it on Facebook and everything, the the whole thing about Triple H, it's the fans, one, you know, that miss the game. And like you said earlier, you know, I think he is trying to spend more time 
behind the scenes. You know, he doesn't mind doing the authority thing. It still keeps him in the limelight where fans won't forget him. I don't know how they would be able to with some of the great matches and bad matches he's had throughout his career. But, you know, he's just – the fans still want him there. You know, he did that end of an era match. And if you remember, after him and Undertaker's match, you really started to see the Triple H disappear more and more from active in-ring work. Yeah, he does – you know, he's still involved. But at this way, I say Triple H is, you know, happy spending time with his kids, but still running the company, you know, running business. Um, and it's safer this way. He knows, you know, I mean, around longer for his kids. But, uh, you know, for me, I think that the whole thing about Triple H getting involved in it, it's just the fans, you know, wishful thinking on all that. I have to agree. I think that he's paid his dues. The game is always going to be remembered, but I think that the game coming back would be a bad business decision. It's just like how a lot of us and even how YC and Punk left for one of the reasons, at least, is we get tired of these superstars who show up and do one match a year, and it's for a big match like WrestleMania that steals a spot for somebody who's worked hours upon hours, days upon days. And they should have had that spot because they've paid their due, but they're not going to be there because somebody else who's more well-remembered, more well-recognized takes over. So I don't think Triple H is going to make that mistake. And I think he's gotten a lot of business savvy and business knowledge to know when it's good for him to come in and when it's good for him to step out. And with that being said, I know... Everybody in the internet world has been saying this about, oh, it's going to be Taker's last year, or blah, blah, blah. I personally hope it will be, only because I think the guy needs to retire for his own health. But I also agree with everybody who says that when it's time for him to retire, he will let the fans know. And I think that we may hear that this year after everything else that just happened this past year is that Taker may say, hey, look, my last match will be this WrestleMania. Yeah, I I can see that. Uh, I've been a big fan of The Undertaker all the way back to the days of him and Danny Spivey tag teaming as the Twin Towers and everything. You know, I've been, you know, and I can see the, the end you know, going with the dead man phrase, the end, the light at the end of the tunnel for the Undertaker is getting much brighter. Uh, I don't want it to be, like I said, a big fan. But if you think about it, throughout the years, you've seen him progress from that early first character of the Undertaker, you know, into the the ministry and the corporate ministry, into the American badass, and then all of a sudden. He, he left that and went back to the original almost dead man. You know, you had your brothers of destruction. And I think what he's doing is those of us that were younger and seen that evolution. And then you got the younger generation watching it. Now he's reliving it going in another direction. You know, I think he's trying to give the younger generation a look at what we had growing up and everything. And, that's his way of letting everybody know, Hey, I'm, I'm about ready to step out. You know, he's, 
gonna I say his last match he'll probably butt, dust off the old uh grand purple undertaker outfit that he wore when he first oh, showed classic you know I mean end it with that you know the hair's not gonna be there you know as much you know my hair's not there anymore I don't have the hair I had when I was 20 anymore you know it's gone I don't think he's gonna have it like he did back then but I think he's gonna progress it you know down to that and when you see that outfit show something similar to that outfit show up that i think that's when you know that's it i think that's when the undertaker is just going to finally rest in peace not to you know infringe on his you know catchphrase or anything but i think that's i think that's how it's going to go down and it'll probably my prediction when that does happen he will do the buried alive match that he's never won in his career i think He'll finally, you know, they'll do that buried alive. And I think he'll have his message pop up like uh, the casket match with Yokozuna when he talked and all of a sudden you see the white outline and it just drift up. I think you'll see something where the Undertaker will have on the on the screen thanking the fans and telling them that the Undertaker will now rest in peace. I think that's how he should take it out. That'd be beautiful. And for the only person who really can say he has hair in this group of three here, <laughs> Derek, where do you stand on this? You know, it, it's it's really like now now it's become more of what does Taker have left to accomplish? What does Taker have left to do that he hasn't done already? You know, he's worked he's worked so many good matches. You know, the the streak ended. You know. I wasn't as upset. I was there at WrestleMania when uh, when Brock beat him. And Dude, stop bragging. <laughs> I've I've never heard a crowd more silent in my entire life. Um, it's just it's one of those things that when you look across the career that the Undertaker has had, you know, you look at the countless matches, the the championships, the the epic rivalries, and the feuds. What does he have left to give? You know, he he put over, you know, he's put over talent. He's he's worked with with so many of the there the the amount of people that he's worked that he hasn't worked with. Um, besides the new talent that is that that is coming through now, is is shocking that it that it's he's worked with so many guys over the years that. He really doesn't have anything left. I mean, not that he doesn't have anything left to give. He can give a whole lot more, I'm sure. But it's just like, you know, uh, what 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 matches does does he have left that the fans really really can't go on with a life until they've seen it? You know, a lot of it is talked about Sting. You know, they want to see the the Taker Sting match. Which you know, it, for nostalgia purposes, would be awesome. Um, does that happen with with Sting's health and with Taker's health? Eh. And is it going to be as good as it would have been as talked about years ago? It, it goes back to I know it's a, a, a different you know a different form of entertainment. A bit goes back to the same with the the boxing with Floyd Mayweather and Pacquiao. You know that fight should have happened eight years ago, but. You know, it happened and it was what it was. So if if Taker and Sting go out and it's the match that 
people wanted to see years before and it never came to fruition you know i i don't think that that taker could have one of his last matches ever that would be remembered as kind of a eh, it happened but what else is on and i don't think that he wants to get to that point where he's ever an afterthought on the card as to he wants to be that special persona that comes on and everybody watch everybody is glued to the tv to see what's going to happen he doesn't want to be lost in the shuffle yeah i think you got a good point there is years ago it would have been beautiful now with their health and concern is it really the wise choice i mean I think it'd be a great way to end both their careers to make that final tip to the hat, to put the final nail in the coffin, however you want to phrase it for both those gentlemen, because they are both such iconic figures for their companies that they represent in the past. But if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. It's a, it's a dream match. You know, that's like saying you want to see Muhammad Ali go against one of the best fighters of today. It's not going to happen, but it's a dream match. Right. So I think the best thing for this, though, is like they said on the, um, I believe it was like the Legends Talk or Table for Three. It's the one that had JBL on it, on the WWE Network, where they had talked about The Undertaker. One thing that they said at the very end is... With all that he's done and how respected he is in the wrestling world, it definitely needs to make sure it ends on his terms. That he's the one who gets to say how he goes out and how he says goodbye. But I also feel that the taker does owe it to all the fans who've been there from day one to say, hey, look, this is it. Thank you for all the years. And I, I like the idea that Seamus had there of with the Titantron giving the official thank you. Yeah. You know, uh, for me, I I've been involved, uh, whether in ring or, you know, even now I'll, I'll have guys contact me, uh, just for advice. Having been there, you know, done what they're doing now, you know, you know, getting, you still being a part of the business for, almost 20 years myself you know it's it's nice to have earned the respect of the peers and and the fans you know to to be able to go out the way you want to go out you know and thank them because you know Derek will agree with me on this you know whether they loved us they hated us you know they still bought a ticket they came and saw us and you know we're not who we are if it wasn't for the fans, you know, because if there's no fans, then you're not known. You're just another, you know, another person in there. You know, me personally, did I get to go out the way I wanted to? No. You know, uh, unfortunately, you know, life has its little twists of fate and I wasn't able to, to give that last hoorah out there for my fans. And for me, I kind of got to do it one better. I didn't get to get in the ring and perform one more time and, and bring back a, a lost art of the ground and pound uh, wrestling matches. I, I got to do one better. Uh, a company there in Central Illinois put me, our late great manager, Pat McGroin, and my brother, Mickey, into the Hall of Fame. And to me, 
to for the last hoorah, I think being recognized like that, not getting to do a match for the fans, but to just have your name said one more time for an honor like that, and you know the crowd reaction when they they just hear the name, they don't even see the face, they just hear the name and the crowd reaction that that was given that night, you know. You know, it brings a tear to your eye, especially when you know you can't get in there and do what you you love to do. But, you know, like I said, I think for The Undertaker, you know, he'll get to go out on his terms. You know, he's earned that like a lot of guys have and everything. So, um, yeah. And I think the big thing here is even when he does officially leave the ring, He's not leaving the business. You know he's going to be somebody in the background helping, like Dusty Rhodes. He's yeah. going to be the one that they turn to to talk to and give the advice to. He's he's going to stay there for that, and he's going to help these people grow and develop even further than they ever have before. So, in that position, you know that that is still a great feeling when you you, you get a message. You know, your Facebook Messenger pops off, and it, it's a guy going. Hey, you know, I have a question. Can we do this? Can we do, you know, what if I did this? You know, still wanting help to help help them develop into, you know, something great. You know, that's still, to me, I that's just as great of a feeling as actually being out there doing it yourself. You know, just being able to stay in the business and, and help out the younger guys, you know. Absolutely. And even for me, who used to be an owner, I get that sometimes. I get people who are still in the independent circuit to say, hey, I know you wrote wrestling storylines. I know you did this and that. What do you think for this for character development? And for me, I love it because I may not be part of, you know, CIPW or uh, PWA or any of the other companies around here. I'm just with the podcast. But for people to say, hey, look, I'm thinking about trying this move or I'm thinking about trying this angle. It's nice because they know that I look at it not only in a storyline persona, but I'll look at it as a fan and say, well, I would go over with that. Or I don't think the fans would react to that because I try to study the fans and what they're looking for, too. Yeah. Right. And I think speaking from being one of those younger guys who's coming up in the business, who looks up to the guys that that paved the way before us, you know, it, it's nice to to hear that you guys actually care about what you did and what you accomplished and, you know, your your footprint that you left on the business in some way, shape or form. Uh, it's it's nice to have someone to turn to, you know, it, just whenever you're having, you know, you're having those matches and somebody comes by whenever you're putting a match together and is like, oh, hey, man, uh, by the way, I really liked your stuff last month or, or last night or, or wh- whichever the occurrence is. Hey, um, you uh, you should try this going forward and see if you can add that little little bit extra. And it's just it's nice and refreshing um, for people like me to to take input from guys like you guys and, and guys that are veterans that who actually care about the people who are preceding them rather than just protecting their spot and and badgering everyone else to be like, hey, you guys are always going to be underneath me. I'm always going to be up here. And you it's know, nice it's just, the torch passed. Right. 
And on that note, I mean, Derek, I can always say for you that humors me is after my niece saw your match when we went to that festival with uh, PWA and she got that picture with you. I mean, she still wants to consider being a female wrestler and just kicking the bad guys, but she was completely floored and amazed by watching you. Well, I, I appreciate that to the fullest. You have to make sure you but let her anyway. know that. Go ahead. What's up? Go ahead. You were, I interrupted you. Go ahead. Oh no, nope. I just, I just, you know, it, it's, it's good to the people actually like enjoy what I do, and it's, it's a tremendous because I'm humble. You know, you know it firsthand. Um, oh yeah. It, you know, it, it's it's hard to to grasp around that you're one of those guys who people look up to and say, you know, I want to be like you. You know, I'm only 22. I haven't I haven't accomplished anything in life. You know, I haven't even got started yet. And to know that people people are behind me for that reason is just it's incredible. Yeah, I definitely you're seeing a lot of paving the way, and I see a lot of great things coming for you there, Derek. But to wrap this all up, I know we're hitting our mark. Um, Royal Rumble again tomorrow, 2016. Uh, like I said, I have Yuga 2 as my guest, Seamus and Derek Moss. Any final thoughts on the Royal Rumble and what may come of it? Well, uh, you know, I, I think it'll be good overall. You know, I, I think that it it's one of the it's definitely begotten its stigma of being the big one of the big four pay-per-views well it used to be big four now it's just kind of the big three i guess but it, it's gotten its stigma as the staple for the the beginning of the road to wrestlemania so it's always nice to see what goes on from here until wrestlemania it's kind of like our playoffs if we had a you know a sports team <laughs> That's a good way of looking at it. Yeah, what are your uh, final thoughts, Seamus? Um, I think, you know, for so many years, the the, rum, the last six, seven years, you know, the Rumble's really lost its luster. It's not, you know, not really been anything. I think this year they're, they're going to – something's going to happen tomorrow night that's going to bring back that luster of the, you know, the 90s. In the Rumble, I think I think it's going to make its turnaround, and I think it's going to start back on that that path where it, it's really going to become something worth watching again. I think tomorrow night's going to start that. I think I have to agree with you that tomorrow is going to bring back the luster. I think that the WWE in general is starting to realize that the PG era was. Basically, it's like they say, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. And they had good intentions for the PG era, for the younger audience, but it's not working. It really is not. It's kind of hurting them more than helping them, in my opinion. Yeah, I, mean, I think that we're going to see... We're going to see that change. It's not going to be a full-blown attitude era, but I think it's going to be a change towards that direction mildly to let us older fans maintain our interest. I yeah. think it needs to be more of that. It, it, it's more that the Attitude Era was more based on reality than anything. 
you know, it was based on more of, you know, you take a life's problems and basically you, you beat the living crap out of it until it, you know, until it acts the way you want to or, or whatnot. Whereas now it's kind of all, um, you know, sunshine and rainbows. So they try to make it seem as though we're beating each other up in the ring, but they put a nice family friendly stigma around it to kind of hide the fact that what we're doing is, you know, trying to beat the other opponent. Whereas it's making it more like a, a dance opera routine with uh, a playground in the background. Yeah, I, uh, I, I, I agree. You know, during the attitude era, it, it did show what, you know, what life was really like, you know, what, what was that old saying? When life gets you down, hit it with a chair or something like that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And, and for 3CW, when we started years ago, throwing up an old name there, you know, we just told people how it was. You know, we were hardcore and to the point. You know, was it smart? No. Our bodies tell us that, you know, 15 years later. But, you know, nowadays, you know, that PG era, they tried it before. It didn't work. They had to go back to where it's more realistic you know i mean it's it's to the point to where you know they're gonna have to actually show you know hey what we do is dangerous you know they keep telling you the kids don't try this at home but when you're out there giving powder puffs and unicorns and lollipops and rainbows and stuff you know kids are going to want to do what they see on tv and they're going to do it you know the the please don't try this at home was perfect for the attitude era you know, and, and that's kind of where it needs to go back. You know, it's not the safest thing in the world to do. Is it fun? Oh, yeah. I would, given the opportunity in my day, I'd have done it every day of the week if I could. But they need to quit, you know, doing that. You know, they just need to let, you know, make it be what it actually is. You are, you know, two guys with one goal in mind. You do beat each other up, you know, quit like, Quit putting little fuzzy moments around it, you know? Let it be what it is. It is a fight. Well, I th- I think we're going to see that transaction slowly head back that way starting tomorrow. I-, I have a gut feeling about it. But we'll definitely have to touch base more on what's wrong with this era and everything else. Because after I get done with my current series about the Hall of Fame, we're definitely going to touch on kayfabe and a few other taboos. So definitely have to get a hold of you guys because one of you guys will definitely have to be there to talk about this exact particular situation. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. But gentlemen, our time is up. I want to say thank you so much for being my guest tonight. And I hope you both have a great night. And we'll definitely see if our predictions come true tomorrow. Yeah, Priest. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Seamus, good good to talk to you and hang out. Hey, good talking to you too, and uh, I wish you nothing but the best of luck with your career. And remember, you can do the crazy stuff, but don't get too crazy. It's hard on the body. <laughs> Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Not a problem. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is Priest from the Sleeper Hold Podcast. Thank you for listening, and we will talk to you next time. Thank you for listening to the Sleeper Hold Podcast. Don't forget to visit our website at thesleeperhold.com, comment on episodes, read our blog find information about our quarterly charity, and more. See you next week.